0: welcome to part six in this series with jack tomasello Wine, it's there's so many opportunities there's there's so many things you can do in this business um i think the biggest challenge for us for the future is i think new jersey needs to recognize that this is a wine state uh up until now i think new jersey said oh we love new jersey wines they're great that's fun work tourism just uh, don't get so big. Just stay, little wineries will be fine. Well, it's not, that's starting to change. We're getting wineries now that are getting larger. And that's what's just supposed to happen. They're you know, supposed to get larger. We're evolving. And I think um, our biggest challenge, I think, right now is to, um, to look at some of our 89 year old liquor laws, winery laws, and start to look at them again and say, wait a minute. What happened in 1933, 34, really doesn't work today. and We have to change things. We have to allow wineries to grow. We have to allow them to do certain things. And we have to follow what other states did in their wine industry. And so that's the challenge. The challenge is trying to get um, our legislators, and I think the legislators get it for the most part. We just have to get laws changed. The laws to get changed are difficult. It took us uh, over two years, and it was one heck of a battle to get direct shipping in between 2010 to 2012, and there was a lot, a lot of controversy over that, and it really shouldn't have been. I mean, that's just a normal progression that every state has followed, every winery has done, in all all over the country, and. Even states like Pennsylvania, which were controlled by the PLCB, it's a state that has one of the last states in the country where the liquor industry is run by the state. Even they allow direct shipping. Even they allow their winers to grow, to be as big as they want to be. Um, we don't have that luxury in New Jersey. We, we need to change some of our ridiculous, very old, very narrow-minded laws to allow the industry to prosper. And we're getting there. It just takes some time. That's all. <laughs> but uh, that's the future because if you're allowed, the wineries are allowed, in the sky's the limit, anything's possible. Are and there? I, I look at you know, and it's funny because I look at some of these wineries. Um, I Wagon House Winery comes to mind. Uh, Dan and his wife Heather. Um, I see I, when I see the two of them, and I see their kids. It brings me back to me and my brother as little boys. A long, long time ago. And I say, well, geez, you know, that that was us in the 1960s, you know. That was the two of us hanging around my dad's winery as kids. And I see Dan's kids hanging around at the Vine Festivals or they, they're at the winery and they're in the backyard or something. And I'm thinking, that's the future, okay. So in, in 30, 40 years, those kids could be running their winery, their family winery, you know. What opportunities are we going to allow – the wineries to do? What opportunities are my son's kids going to be able to do? And my nephew's children. And we want the business to continue to grow. We don't want it to stop at a certain size because the state says, oh, wait, well, you can't get any bigger than this, or you can't do any more of this and you can't do any more of that. This is a manufacturing business. There's not too many manufacturing businesses left in our country. And if we're making wine in the state and there's 70 wineries, then there's 70 wineries should have that opportunity to grow as large as they can or as big as they can. And this industry industry should become as big as it could be. A lot of states have allowed, um, the wineries to produce as much as they can keep their retail privileges. Um, they've allowed for direct shipping. It's allowed for, um, production or one of the things we're looking at doing now um, is alternation um great idea it allows smaller wineries to use the equipment of the larger wineries um for instance if somebody doesn't have we talked about champagne earlier right? sparkling if no one has the equipment to do that and it's very expensive this equipment i mean these these things Equipment's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. If if a smaller winery wanted to make sparkling and didn't have the equipment and wanted to go to a larger winery's winery to do it, they should be allowed to do that. And that should be something that's called alternation or alternation of premise, where for that particular day, you move your winery to my winery and you become my winery. You become your winery on my property, and you're going to process your and make champagne or make sparkling on our property. That's a uh, that's a whole concept that mostly every state in the country has. New Jersey doesn't have it, doesn't understand it. Um we need to 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 pass legislation that allows for wineries to alternate off on on a different premise. Why not? Why couldn't they? I mean it makes sense why why couldn't a smaller winery have the same opportunities as a larger winery uh only because they they don't have the equipment. Now that's ridiculous. Why not? Why can't they just use, you know, somebody else's equipment to do what they have to do? Or bottling, or, or anything. So, all, you know, allows allows different wineries to who have access to the equipment to to help those who do not. And it's done all the time in California. It's done all the time. There's crushed pads set up all over the place, and one winery may crush at this location and process here, and then process there, and depending on where the grapes are. I mean, a lot of times, you you know, you don't want to haul the grapes. 200 miles you, you know you want you may want to pick and crush it you know at a certain location that's alternating a premise and you know that's that's another whole education we have to teach our legislators and saying hey we need this this is important and the industry's come to this point now where we need to make some changes uh, that's an example of one that uh, I think is happening right now You're getting so many different takes on this from the people you're talking to because you're getting the excitement of the young guys in the wine business, which is cool. And you're getting, <laughs> you're getting it from the old man over here <laughs> who's telling you what it's about, too. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a complex business, and, uh, but it's, uh, it's kind of cool business to be in uh, right now, and uh, we just hope that people come out and visit everybody. And enjoy it. Elerating. One thing I have to tell you, and and I everybody's got dirty laundry wherever you go. But the one thing I have to say, in all honesty, we all get along well together, and we're all different shapes and sizes. Um, our wineries are new; some are old, some are big, some are small. Um, we all some people have different philosophies, but we all have the same thing in mind. The same goal is we've got to promote ourselves as an industry in the state of New Jersey. And we've got to reach out to as many people as we can and tell them our story. And everybody's got, like I told you first time I talked to you, everybody's got a different story. Every single person's got a different story and how they got to be where they are and what they're doing. And, uh, but that story is important that everybody gets it out there and the industry needs to grow from that. And, uh, but we're all good friends. I mean, we all pretty much respect each other and, uh, wish for the best for each other because we want each other to, to succeed. My feeling is I want every one of these wineries to make it because that's going to be better for me. You know, I don't want anybody to fail at this. I want people, And we're always open to say, if anybody got anybody has an issue that they, they want to talk over, you know, I had a friend of mine at, as a winery he called me one day for some advice. He said, Oh, what do you think about this? And I appreciate that. And I call people sometimes and say, what do you think about this? You know, <laughs> you know uh, because I think it's important that we, uh, and and we don't look at each other as competitors. You know, we're not competing against each other. We're everybody's got their own thing, and I think we want everybody to go to everybody's winery, and come out to the festivals and visit the wineries and experience it all. So that's that's uh, why I think it works. I think we've been successful because of that. We've never we're never at a tug of war with each other. We're we're, we're trying to do this together. I don't think people are going to be traveling. As far, I think gasoline's expensive. I don't think people are going to be spending as much. I think the Jersey uh, tourism is going to be really big this year because of, for that reason. And uh, I think as as more and more people learn of the industry, then they're gonna they're gonna want to explore it. You know, there's still people that don't know a thing about New Jersey wines in the state. It just blows me away that after all these years, um, cause we've had a large amount of number of wineries for quite a long time. And i started out there were only seven of us, but, uh, uh, you know, there's close to 65 or so. And, um, so I think, you know, I think the state, uh, has done a fairly good job of getting us, getting us out there, but there's still a lot of people that don't know that there's Jersey wineries. So, and we've shown an economic impact statement of what this really means for the state of New Jersey. And that's important for the state to realize. I you know, the, the legislators get it. I think the governor may get it. I, I would hope he does. But I'm not sure the people that work for the state get it. I mean, every time a dollar is spent in the winery, I mean, there's a guy down the street has got a restaurant. There's a guy with a hotel. There's a guy, you know, um, you know, there's always something going on. I mean, it always always triggers another tourism is it's just it's you know every dollar goes a little bit further because it goes to somewhere else and it goes somewhere else and it's all tied together you know if you go into a town like hamilton here my hometown where we have five wineries within a few miles of each other we have a downtown that's pretty nice and we have nice restaurants we have all kinds of food and we have a lot of activities to go on here you know uh we have a guy that has a thousand acre turf farm about a mile from me where there's soccer tournaments you know traveling soccer and those folks have something to do they can go to visit five wineries and then go into town and have dinner i mean there's it's tourism it's it's dollars spent and dollars compounding because they're spent here and then they're spent here then you know and uh so an economic impact statement i believe what we handed the state of new jersey a few years ago really showed that I don't know, 650 million. I forget the actual number was, but what it can turn into if it was just marketed correctly. So, but we're getting there. (laughs) Takes time. We we actually uh, a number of years ago hired a company in Chicago. They're called the Beverage Tasting Institute. They have the wine enthusiast judges judged for them. They have some of the best sommeliers in the country. To work for them, and they're known as tastings.com or Beverage Tasting Institute. These these are the best of the best, and we've allowed them to judge our New Jersey wine competition. But more importantly, we allowed them to look at each individual wine, and you know we've got a bunch of us that are scoring in the nineties, and these are the same guys that are judging stuff coming out of Napa and Sonoma and, and Monterey and Bordeaux and. Burgundy and in Italy and you know Chianti regions and you know they're, they're, they're judging wines as as wines I mean they're not comparing one to another just they're, they're taking it scientifically and, and, and evaluating the wines and these wines are scoring in the 90s so our wines are you know no different than anybody else's you know we don't we don't get a pass because we're in New Jersey oh well they're 90s, but they're really not 90s. No, these are really 90s. These are in the 90s, if you were judging this wine, whether it was a Napa Valley wine or whether it was a New Jersey wine or a Pennsylvania wine. So these, you know, we're scoring right up in the... You know, we're right in there. We're in the game. And, uh, you know, some people will You know, you're never famous in your hometown. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, um, there are people... People that know wine are, are starting to say, huh, yeah, this is not bad stuff. Um, and uh, so it's happening. Uh, one of the guys you should talk to is a fellow by the name of Louis Crecciola. He uh, has Amatheo wineries. You should look him up and chat with him. He's like me. He's an old-timer. Uh, he's older than me, so he's really an old-timer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's been, he's been through this. He knows... A lot of the same stuff. Um, well, I'll let you know if I get to the end of the week without a call back because I, you're. Yeah. you're, you're I'll, I'll, I'll happily hook him up with you. Oh, that's awesome. I'll, you know, he, he should have no problem talking to you about anything. Thanks again for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen.